Before we dive into today's episode, I want to tell you about our free discovery call. If you're unsure how to start or build a consistent brand, let's talk. Just go to danielleclarkcreative.com to book your free discovery call and see how you can create a brand that helps you win more customers and reach your goals. Welcome to Build Better Brands. I'm Danielle Clark and this show is here to provide insights, techniques and strategies to help you establish a better brand with confidence and clarity. We're on a mission to help as many people as possible start and build stronger brands so they can create happier, healthier lives for themselves and those around them. Mike, thank you so much for joining me today on Build Better Brands. Um, it's it's a pleasure to have you with us. I'm super excited. When you told me you were going to do a podcast, I was like, oh, well, I got to have the chat finally. Like, uh, I think we've traded voice messages. I know we've traded a million DMs, but um, yeah, we've never jumped on a on a call together until now. So that's good. Yeah, no, that's that's a very good point. Yeah, lots of DMs and voice messages. Um, yeah. But for those that are listening that don't know who Mike Jander is, uh, Mike, please tell us who you are and what you do. I'm, I, I kind of go by the name of an agency veteran. I built my own agency starting in 2002 and I sold my agency back in 2015. And during the run of building my agency, I feel like I had every experience that you can have as a creative entrepreneur. And, uh, and I found in that span of time that the thing that I loved the most was the mentoring and training and helping my employees go from a level five to a level 10 in their career. And I, I really found a lot of love in that role of a creative director, art director, mentor for, for creatives. And so when I sold my agency, I knew that that was something that I wanted to do. I had done some speaking engagements and written some books and things, uh, but I had never segmented that piece of my life off into its own business. And that's what I do now. I, I love helping creatives figure out how to maximize their career and to make the money they should be making and to have less stress than what every creative has. And uh, I do that through sharing a lot of free content on Instagram and YouTube. And then I have some premium courses and things and I do speaking engagements and tons of podcasts. And I just love, love sharing some of my journey, hoping that it'll help some other people not have it so rough as what I had it in my run. Awesome. Thanks so much, Mike. And I mean, you talked about the fact that you love helping and, and, you know, giving, giving an insight into your experience so that people like myself and people that might be listening don't have to make the mistakes in order to to find out you know how to do things and I think that's super important so I mean what would you say what do you think anyone wanting to start their own business anyone that's an entrepreneur what are the sort of top top five things that you should know before kind of going out on your own 
Well, the top five things that, that you should kind of have in place or know that is part of what you're going to need to be, to be successful. Uh, Number one, and I talk about this all the time, but it's just, you got to have relationships and relationship skills. You've got to be able to connect with other people in a way that makes them want to buy from you. And, and you've got to be able to convey that people can trust you. So just being able to build those relationships with potential clients, because as you know, Danielle, you're, you've got clients and they keep coming back to you. Why would they ever, why would they ever leave you? They love you. They love, they trust you. They want to work with you. They're not looking for somebody else. They, they're afraid that you're going to stop doing work for them because you're so great to work with. And you've got to have a measure of that to be able to be a successful creative entrepreneur or successful in business in general, in any business, because it's all about people. So that's one of the big, big meaty things that I, that I dig into a lot. Another one is just understanding of business fundamentals, understanding the numbers of your business, how to make business decisions based on analyzing the data of your business, how to price your work based on looking at what you cost to produce the work and what other people are charging. And just data is the lifeblood of business. And um, you've got to have some understanding of that business side of the industry before you venture off on your own. I think the next one that I would say is um, you've got to have a network of support. You've got to have people who fill some of your tangential skills. If you're a designer, you probably should know a couple programmers who you can reach out to when you get something that is out of your skill set. If you're an illustrator, you probably should know some designers. If you're a designer, you should know some illustrators. You got to have people who have these tangential skills to what your core skill set is. And then it's also good to have some people in place that overlap some of your skills. So when you get super burdened in your workload, you have another UX designer that you just like you that does quality that you can siphon off some work to. So I think getting that network in place, a support system, a support structure is pretty, is pretty important. You want me to go on with more and more? Because I've yeah, probably I mean, talked about this <laughs> for a while. Yeah, I mean, I I think everything you've said so far, it's it's amazing. And the thing that really that I can really relate to as well is when you talked about numbers. Um, I'm a creative and I think I speak for myself, but I think I think I can speak for lots of other creatives in that we don't tend to like numbers. <laughs> We yeah. tend to be quite fearful of numbers. Yeah. They're not things that we're comfortable with. And yeah. that was an area that I really struggled with. Um, I'm terrible at maths. Mm-hmm. Um, I I scraped my maths GCSE C. Um, I don't know what the equivalent is in <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> over there, but um, you know, it's it's just about a pass and numbers give me a headache. But when I started my business, I I knew that that was something that I was really going to have to overcome because 
without the numbers you are kind of just you know you don't really know what's going on <laughs> you don't know yeah. what you don't know what you should be charging you don't yeah. know in terms of time you know how much time you're you're putting into a project um you you know when you're setting goals and things like that it's really important to be looking at your numbers and what it is that financially you want to achieve but also bearing in mind that when you become self-employed you are you don't get holidays and you have to take those things into consideration you've got to pay your own tax you've got to buy your own things buy your own materials put fuel in your car so Mm -hmm. um for me the biggest one which i can't believe i'm saying this is someone that that was so fearful of numbers but knowing the numbers was really important really really important um yeah so yeah, um, great tips. But and, and like you said, so many creatives just struggle with it because, you know, the right brain, left brain thing where, you know, the analytical side of our lives and the creative side of our lives. And so many creatives are uber creative and therefore not uber analytical. Yes. And, <laughs> um, and you really, I mean, in, in business in general, I think if you're an entrepreneur, you've got to tap into both sides of that in any business to any type of business, you've got to tap into both sides of that. And if you can't overcome your fear of the numbers or your passion for the numbers, hire somebody who is passionate about that so that they can be passionate about that side of your business. But it, it, it can't just be all creative. And the same thing goes for the analytical side. If somebody's super, super analytical, then oftentimes they don't have the creative instinct to be able to differentiate their business and to ideate solutions to problems in the marketplace so that they can build a unique and viable business. So you really have to be able to balance both pieces of that, the analytical and the creative. And if you can't, you're going to struggle if you can't. And if you really can't, then find somebody who is a complement to your strength on one or the other side of that, yeah. that brain. Totally, totally agree. And again, that's something that I've learned that there's, I think it's really important to, be honest about what you're good at and what you're not so good at. Um, As someone that's, I I pride myself on really wanting to give things a go and really wanting to learn and get things right. But sometimes you have to kind of put your hands up and know when to ask for help and know when actually you're just not very good at something and which is fine. Um, And so I, I have a business coach which I didn't think I needed until yeah. I found them and having worked with them and it's made me realize how much I did really need them. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I have an accountant now, not something yeah. I, I ever envisaged yeah. wanting to, wanting to, because you're thinking, oh gosh, I can just sort of do it myself. And it's, it's another outgoing, but I'm not very good at it. So, yeah. <laughs> so outsourcing those things, it not only, frees up my time but I know that it's I don't see it as a cost I understand but it's an investment it's an investment that 
is necessary in order for me to be able to build the best business that I can because I'm I'm not very good at those things um so I think I think that's super important and again something I've I've really learned over over the last year um but how do you think you know we talked about bringing on board people to help us with particular areas how can becoming a better version of yourself improve your brand do you think yeah so transitioning i guess to the core of your of your podcast build yeah. better brands mm. um the and, and maybe we back maybe we back up a little bit and yeah. talk about i think one on on kind of the prep questions you you mentioned you know what's the how does your personal brand apply to a business brand or should yeah. the brand start with you yeah. And I thought a lot about that and I, and I'm passionate about personal branding. Um, and I thought about my agency and uh, a couple of weeks ago I posted, I sold my studio space and I posted kind of the last video of my studio space, a little walkthrough and things. Yeah, and, I saw that. and yeah. And somebody um, posted in the comments that your space is so more Janda brand, my my personal brand. They were like, it's so on brand. And the truth is, is that my, my agency brand was just a manifestation of my personal brand. It was my personality, my style, my sense of humor, my quirkiness and things. And, um, that it was just this, this walk through manifestation of, me as a personal brand. And that was represented in that comment that, that somebody said, Hey, this is so it's on brand for you. That's now they awesome. had never allegedly seen my space before, but, and seen old shots and video clips of my agency, but they knew my personal brand from the content that I share now. Now, going back to kind of the heart of branding, when we think about branding, one of the big objectives of branding is to differentiate your business from other businesses, to make you stand out and make you resonate with a certain target customer and to make you unique in the marketplace. Well, every human is unique by nature of being a human. There's nobody else in the world like Danielle. There's people similar. (laughs) There's there's people similar. Yeah. Yeah. But there's nobody exactly the same as you. You are already uniquely branded as a human. Every human is. Now, when we embrace that as a business owner, we embrace the, our unique sensibilities and thoughts and creative ideas and our unique humanity. And we let that become manifest in our business. Then our business by nature becomes unique as well without much effort. I never really sat back and said, no, how do I make my business brand, my agency brand be a representation of me as a person. <laughs> I never, ever thought that, but it happened by the, the sheer nature of me 
influencing my business brand with the things that I liked, that I thought were fun, that I thought were interesting, that I thought were visually appealing, that I thought would make us stand out. And because I did that based on my own preferences, my agency brand became unique and something uh, different than all of the competitors that we had. Yeah. Now, again, there were similarities just because, you know, there are similar people and similar brands, but nothing, if you do branding right, it, there should be plenty of things that are u- unique nuances to your brand. I think that's really interesting because I think this is a part that a lot of people overthink. I think they look at other brands and look at how they're positioned and look at look at what they're doing and and they want to sometimes emulate. Yeah. Well, you're a brander, a brander. <laughs> you're a brander. <laughs> so you you have clients, they come to you and they say, Hey, uh, we really like Apple's brand. Yeah. Make us like Apple. Yeah. Hey, we really like Nike's brand. Make us like Nike. Mm. And and that's to the detriment of their own success that they're asking just to emulate a brand that already exists. Um, And I think that's, it's so important to, you know, all those things that you talked about in terms of knowing, really knowing who you are and what you like and what you stand for, what you believe in, what your values are. A lot of the time people come to me and one of the first things they say is, can you do me a logo? (laughs) I get asked that a lot. Yeah. Um, And I say, yeah, of course I can, but why do you need a logo? And and a lot of the time they struggle to answer it. And I I try and and delve and ask more questions. And I often say to them, well, what what's the business about? What's your brand about? What why should people care about what you yeah. do? What yeah. is it that you actually do? Why did you start this business? What does it mean to you? Yeah. Why is it important? Yeah. And I try and get to the, the real root of why they've yeah. started what they've started, because that, them and their, you know, the change that they want to kind of make in the world, the reason that they're doing this, that's that's the interesting bit. That's a bit that you start with that, that everything else kind of comes from that makes it unique and interesting and something that people actually connect with. Um, so yeah, su- yeah, super important. And, yeah. and when you look at brands like Apple and Nike, if you look into how they started and, and what it was that they wanted to communicate, it was their vision and the change that they wanted to make in the world. Mm-hmm. That's how it started. Mm-hmm. You know, Nike wanted to, um, Basically, it was their belief that everybody, every person was capable of becoming an athlete, pretty much. Yeah. And that through wearing Nike, you put on Nike stuff, you're an athlete. Doesn't matter how old you are. Yeah. You know, what gender you are, where you're from. If you're wearing Nike, you're an athlete. And they've they've run with it. And, And Apple, in terms of wanting to give people you know people at home the the power and this this idea of thinking different yeah you know that's how they position themselves and yeah and i mean just look at them yeah. <laughs> it's, 
It's interesting that you use the, the think different phrasing because that hasn't even been used as Apple's tagline (laughs) for like 13, 15 years, something like that. But that campaign was so impactful and so, um, brought Apple back to the essence of what Apple really started with in the, in the first place with Steve jobs back in the eighties, it brought it back when they, when they did that campaign and we still remember it as yeah. <laughs> branding people. We still remember it and what it really meant. And I think it's just such a great example. And you look at, look at Apple uh, who lost their way for 12 years when Steve Jobs wasn't involved, ousted yeah. by the, the board and then brought back and found their way again um, a thousand fold yeah, from what they time. had ever done before. And and change the world. I think that was when they brought out the iPod, wasn't it? Yeah, the um, iPod. It was like ni- 1999, 2000, yeah, 2001, somewhere in there. Yeah, that Steve Jobs like, came back. No one was doing anything like that. Yeah. And that's no, exactly, it was very that is... innovative, very out of the box thinking and and pushed it. And then the iMac, the, the first yeah. original iMac and the different colors and things. And, you know, they just really pushed the they they defined our technological future yeah. and and uh so anyway that think different campaign that you mentioned was so part of that transition back to to that and and so effective and who was apple trying to be well they didn't come back in steve jobs didn't walk back in and say oh microsoft is killing it make us like microsoft he just wouldn't have worked. He just, exactly. Yeah. It would have worked. It would have just been another Dell or yeah. whatever other kind of company yeah. was out there that was um, a Microsoft-esque business. Instead, yeah. it was the think different. Let's not follow our competitors. Let's be unique yes. in the marketplace. And what does that mean? That's what you got to get to the essence of in in branding. In fact, I believe in this so much that I don't, I I have a lot of people that I follow on Instagram because I should, because they're in the same space as me, but they they're muted. Like I don't see their posts. I don't see their content. I don't watch their content because I don't want to be influenced by it. I want to do my own spin on everything. I don't, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't want to go, I don't want to just go and follow what I, all the other people are doing. So I just, and sometimes I experiment and it flops, it doesn't work. And sometimes I do something new and it blows it up and off, yeah. yeah. And you just don't know. And I think a lot of that just is, is part of the experimentation side of branding and, and marketing in general. Yeah. I think that's really interesting because as someone that I was about to say, who's just starting out, um, I've, I've been doing, I've been in the design industry for, for over a decade, but I started my business. I went completely solo last year in September during the pandemic. So mm. we're, I mean, yeah, we're in October now. Um, yeah. You're a year so, in. So I'm a year in. So yeah. I still say just starting out because yeah. I am. And I, I've realized that actually by 
I think it's it's important to to be inspired and 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 to surround yourself with with people that are going to elevate you in some way shape or form but I also think it's really important as well to kind of um not to not to let too much of that as you say have an an impact on what you do yeah um I suppose the the phrase that comes to mind is kind of measuring yourself by your own standards Mm -hmm. what I mean is is I've realized that there's there's always going to be someone that's better than me at what I do. But likewise, there's always going to be someone that's not at the stage I'm at because they're just learning or they're at uni or or something like that. So um, I'm very mindful that I'm on my own journey yeah, and that comparing where I'm at and comparing my journey to someone else's is pretty useless. Yeah. It just makes you feel a bit crappy. Yeah. <laughs> so, it does. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I also have, have, I try to caveat that and not do too much of that, especially yeah. on Instagram. Um, yeah. Cause you see people doing amazing things, you know, people like yourself, but I, I feel like, it's different with you because I know that I can reach out to you and ask you questions and I, yeah. I have that support. Yeah. Um, when there's people that you look up to and aspire to be, and you don't have that connection with them, it can feel very, Oh, I wish I, I wish I was there. How did, yeah. how did they come up with that idea? And yeah. um, it can, it can slow down your own progress Yeah. because you're focusing on that and not, not your own journey. So yeah, it's a self-esteem blow to you. It's, you know, you're you're comparing yourself to somebody else, not knowing all the details of their life. You're comparing your worst to their best. Yeah. And because you're hyper aware of your problems and your your failings, and you're not hyper aware of theirs. So all of theirs seems like success and yeah. roses. Uh so yeah, I I used to think that too, you know, when I first started my agency, I used to think, oh man, that, that person's killing it. Oh, mm-hmm. their, their agency's so good. I'm so jealous. And how do they get there? And, and then I started, I got, I got big enough where I could start going to lunch with any of these people, you know, these people run in other agencies and stuff. And I started to build some connections with some of these people and I'd go to lunch with them and you know, it wasn't all roses. They were having the same problems I was having. They were on the brink of whatever kind of financial challenge they had this employee problem or that client problem. And, and I started to have my eyes open to the fact that they weren't killing it. Like their outward representation said, in fact, I learned this about most entrepreneurs. So you see the entrepreneur and they, you know, they pull up in their you know, their fancy, whatever car they're driving. And you're like, wow, they're just doing so good. That's amazing. Oh man. (laughs) And then you get like three weeks into a project with them and you're sitting there thinking, how in the world are they successful at all? They're miserable to work with. Oh, they're in the middle of a divorce. They're on the brink of bankruptcy. And you learn the reality of this situation that is not the same as the outward manifestation of what they portray. Um, I've tried to be really 
transparent with the reality of stuff. I've made posts about, hey, here's the worst losses I ever had. Here's the, here's the biggest problem I ever had that screwed me the worst out of any problem I ever had. And you know, I have a lot of that kind of content in, in my first book, Burn Your Portfolio, and then a lot of that content on Instagram because I want it to be a reality check that it's not all perfect. Yeah, in the end, it was a success by worldly standards. Made a lot of money, sold my agency, blah, 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 had great clients. So it was a success. But man, there were plenty of dark days yeah. on that road to success. And even still, I mean, I'm telling you, like once a week or so, my wife and I are like, oh, so glad that we don't have the agency going and anymore. You know, the, so glad that phase is over in our yeah. lives. When I was in the heart of it, I loved it and I was all in, but it's kind of like that journey you don't want to do again, but you're so grateful you did. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I look back, I'm like, man, I'm so glad I had that experience. I'm so, so happy and so proud of everything that got accomplished and I would never do it again. Yeah. That's, that's how it feels. <laughs> and when I talk to people like you, I say, you should do it. You're going to grow in ways that you couldn't grow any other way. You should do it. You're one year in, you're past the hardest part. You've done it. Yeah. Now you can just stack growth on top of what you've accomplished in this first year. And you can have this amazing phase of your career. And 10 years from now, you and I'll be on a call and you'll be like, okay, well, I'm winding down my my freelance business, I decided that I'm just going to do this instead. Yeah. I found my passion and, and we'll be saying together, Oh, I'm so glad I did it. And I'm never doing that again. <laughs> Cause it was, I it know was, what you mean. Look, it was that's a great how, nightmare. <laughs> yeah. That's how I feel when I look back and I think about, um, for example, like university, gosh, that was tough. I remember yeah. how, I remember how stressed I was, how nervous I was, how much I wanted to do, to do it, but how terrified I was. Yeah. And university was really hard. Yeah. Like not just not just having to to learn like way more and and being in lectures and and taking in vast amounts of information, but moving away from home and having to do my own shopping and manage yeah. my own money and yeah you know growing um, up yeah, yeah a lot of things changed and and again I, w I really wouldn't want to do it again <laughs> yeah but man I'm so glad I did because yeah. the person that went to uni compared to the person that came out was very very different and yeah. and and had learned so much I learned so much about myself yeah about people again about building relationships which is something that, that you touched on at yeah. the start of the, the more the older I get, the more I realize that everything we do, it really is just about, it's not business to business. It's, it's yeah. person to person. It's people to people. It is about yeah. building relationships. Yeah. And I think anyone that, you know, whether they're employed or not, whether they want to start a business or thinking about it, that's super, super important because you could be amazing at what you do. You could be the yeah. best, you know, whatever business it is, whether you're, you know, I don't know, selling T-shirts or, or 
you know, you've got an e-commerce business or you're a, a local business, you know, you could be amazing at what you do, but if you, if people don't really like you <laughs> and yeah. you don't get on with people and you're not approachable, um, it's just, it's just not going to happen. It's not going to exactly. work. Exactly. <laughs> it's not going to happen. No, I, people can find more talented. I mean, a lot of designers will probably be listening to this. So are there more talented designers out there than you? Heck yes. Are they, is your client going to leave you to go find them? Not if your relationship is good. Yeah. They're not going to look around because you're you, they trust you. They like you, they want to work with you. And is, is that at the detriment of higher quality? Yeah, higher quality, but is the quality you produce sufficient to, to yield all the results that their business needs? Yeah, it is. So you do quality that is sufficient to yield the results and they will never leave you because of the relationship that you build with them. That's at the heart of business, man. That is, that is the way that it's done in any service-based business, a service-based business. Yeah. Now, if you're, if you're selling widgets, it's a yeah. different animal. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, you know, when you buy in, when I'm buying, I don't know, my favorite chocolate, for example, which is green and blacks, by the way, organic. Yeah. <laughs> Dark chocolate. I love it. Oh, love it. <laughs> yeah. Here comes the accent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't, I don't buy that because I, I've got a personal relationship with, with that company and it, yeah. and, and you know, I'll buy it cause I really love the taste of the chocolate. Yeah. But Okay. So let's take that as an example, not, not do chocolate. Cause I can't think of a, an easy example, but okay. let's go back to Nike and Apple. Yeah. W- who was your personal relationship with at Apple back in the day of the think different campaign? You had a personal connection with a human who was the face of Apple's brand, Steve Jobs. Yeah, yeah. Steve Jobs. And he still, he's been dead for 12 years or something, and he still is the face of Apple's brand. It was a human-to-human connection. And he would walk out on the stage in his black long-sleeve shirt and have his sneakers on and... He'd be his glasses and you yeah. can still envision it. every, every step of him walking across the stage as you watched, as he released the next new innovation that was going to change our day-to-day lives, our, our minute to minute lives, because mm-hmm. that's what the reality is, is change the world, the minute to minute life of people in the world. You had a personal relationship with Steve Jobs, even though it wasn't, he didn't know you, but you knew him and had this connection with him. In Nike, who is your personal relationship with in Nike? They endorse tons of athletes. Which one do you connect with in the Nike list of people? The one that comes to my head straight away is Michael Jordan. Yeah. Okay. Michael Jordan. Yeah. Amazing that he's still, it was so impactful (laughs) and it was one of the biggest early endorsement deals of all time, Michael Jordan and Nike. But they they branded, they infused the Nike brand with Michael Jordan's personal brand so effectively that here we are 
30 years later, and we still have that, that connection to him as a person. Now they sponsor tons of athletes, LeBron James, huge Nike athlete. Um, Serena Williams is a Nike athlete, Tiger Woods, a Nike athlete. And then all the soccer players, all the football players and the UK, the big ones are all Nike athletes. And, um, down the list of any up and coming athlete that is starting to make waves as a junior level athlete starts getting signed by Nike, just in case they become a superstar. Mm. Nike has done that intentionally because we as people connect with other people better than we connect with a swooshy logo or a brand. We connect human to human. So when we think about that in branding, to kind of take this back to the the branding topic, yeah, who is the face of your business, Danielle? Oh, yeah, it's me. Is it I'm is I'm it your everywhere. logo? Is it's you? <laughs> it's you as a human. Yeah, it's you, and yeah. that that your ability to connect with your clients is the same has the same level of importance as Steve Jobs' ability to connect with the masses of Apple uh, product buyers, as Michael Jordan's ability to connect. I mean, we all feel like we know Michael Jordan a little bit. Yeah. We've watched the documentaries. We've watched the plays. We've watched the, re- the highlight reels. We read the articles even today. Who's the greatest of all time, LeBron James or Michael <laughs> Jordan? We all read the articles yeah. and see the comparison we all have that emotional connection with him as a person that then translates into Nike's brand. Now, Nike knows the importance of personal branding and business branding and how overlapped those two things are. They know it so well that they spend billions of dollars over time to sponsor athletes because it's so important. And I think, I think businesses have to remember that any business, mom and pop shops to the big businesses, we, we have it with Amazon. Who's the face of Amazon's brand, Jeff Bezos. Who's the face of Virgin Atlantic. It's um, Brunson, whatever his face. Yeah. 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 Who's the face of Tesla. It's Elon Musk. We, we, we make this emotional connection. You can barely think of Tesla without thinking of Elon Musk. You can barely think of Amazon without thinking of Jeff Bezos because they've had that ability to infuse their personal brand in with their business brand and create a connection human to human with the, the people that their brand, that their business supports. Very true. And, and, it's just made me think because there's a lot of people at the moment that aren't fans of Amazon, but they're not. Fa- it's not because they're not fans of Amazon. They're not fans of Jeff. Yeah. Jeff. Um, I always pronounce his surname wrong. Be- Bezo. Bezos. Yeah. Bezos. Bezos. Be- yeah. 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 It's 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 him. They're not a fan of you know some yeah. of his his um the way he runs his business. So the the things that we've heard in the media about treatment the way you treat yeah, staff employees and, mm-hmm. and wanted steve to jobs had all and, kinds of yeah. stories like that too yeah and it's, but did, were you still connected to him i mean i was yeah yeah me too 
but, but the, the world was the world. Yeah. I mean, he was like one of the most notable entrepreneurs in the history of time. Mm. And, and um, yeah, there, there was a connection like him or not uh, take Donald Trump, who's was our president in the United <laughs> States. Now, not now. I mean, say what you want, <laughs> say what you want about him as a person and policies and his approach to things. But man, that dude was branded. He was a walking brand yeah, like it or not. Yeah like it or not, he was the most branded president that yeah. the United States has ever had. Yeah. Yeah, um, totally. And yeah, so, and, and so much that it was like, you couldn't, you, you still, he hasn't been the president now for like 10 months and you still can't open up a news, anything without some article <laughs> of, of him on it because he was, because his brand had so much value to to periodicals, to, to the news, to the news media. No, they, they made his brand, they highlighted the negative aspects of his brand and, yeah. but it was valuable to them, man. Every time he opened his mouth, media was like, yes, we got a week's worth more content yeah, here. Lots more content. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think that there's, there's the mindset here of, you know what i think one of the takeaways for the people listening to this is what is what is the fusion like between your personal brand and your business brand are you intentionally making your business brand be a manifestation of your personal brand and are you making yourself the face of your business brand because nobody else is going to be the face of your business brand but according to branding law somebody needs to be the face of your yeah. business brand. If it was not branding law, then the mega companies wouldn't be endorsing athletes and celebrities to go and peddle their products. Yeah, totally. And, and there's a brand over here. I think they've branched out into America as well. Um, Jim Shark, which was started by um, an entrepreneur that's from Birmingham. Um, I think his name's Ben Ben Jones might have that oh, completely wrong. Okay, yeah, Jim Shark. Um, I've seen this. Yeah, yeah. So Jim Shark, um, the way that they got really popular and noticed was they started giving their their products, their gear to influencers. Yeah, people that were being followed on Instagram that people loved watching their workouts and they were inspirational and they saw these people wearing yep. Gymshark. And that was really how one of the main ways that Gymshark absolutely yeah. blew up because of all these influence yeah. people were, were invested with these people that they were following, um, you know, all, all of these influencers and, and people doing workouts and stuff. And when people like that are, inspirational to to the masses and and they see them wearing this label they want a piece of it because yeah. they want to relate to them they want to yeah. they want to feel connected to them yeah um and that's a perfect example another example yeah. of, of a brand that's really blown up and has used yeah. people to to connect to build yeah. those human connections as you said um I, really I want love to that check. influencer marketing. Yeah. Such yeah. a great example. And, um, and uh, yeah. And for your company, Danielle, you have a, 
a freelance design business. Yeah. Can you currently afford to go and pay influencer marketers to go and peddle your, <laughs> your business? Probably not. Not right now. <laughs> yeah. Not right now. And, and should you probably not, not no. even when you can, uh, you ben. should be your own influencer of your own business. And for most businesses, that's the way that it is. It's, it's, you've got to, in 2021 and beyond, you've got to go and put your face out there. You've got to be the face, at least starting with your clients. Like, man, I'm a big fan. I push, I push the people who follow my content, get on phone calls with your clients, get in meetings with your clients, have a real relationship with them, not emailing, man. Don't email don't make all your correspondence just bouncing some emails. They let them connect with you. So that's the start is that just open yourself up as a human to human relationship with your clients and then let that transition into your social media efforts and your website efforts. One of the biggest critiques I have when I do a critique on somebody's creative agency website is I scroll down and I'm looking for a picture of them or their team, I want to see the faces of the people that are in there. And if there's not something on there, then they're doing a big disservice to the effectiveness of their marketing because they're not showing themselves to let, let people connect with them human to human. So yeah. start with pictures, then start with video, posting video. And you've been doing good with this, like in your stories and stuff, you've been jumping on and doing videos and it allows people to connect with you. Yeah. I do it all the time. <laughs> you and I have never spoken face to face before until today, but does this feel like, I feel like I'm talking to an old friend because I've yeah. seen so many videos of you. <laughs> We've also had lots of DMS. You've seen so many videos of me. We've had lots of DMS. This doesn't feel like that because we've already made a human to human connection without even ever jumping on live like this. Yeah, that's such a good point. And yeah, that's, yeah, such a good point. I didn't, it didn't, it didn't even like, I didn't really clock until you just uh -huh. said that, yeah, this isn't, this isn't awkward at all. No, it's not awkward at all. No. <laughs> yeah. And we've never, we've never actually spoken before yeah. properly face to face. So it just goes to show that, that, the importance of showing up like the that. importance of showing up. Okay. Yeah. And then here's, here's the example. You want people to say yes to you. Um, that's the objective in a service-based business. You want a client, you want to show them your price and you want them to say yes. How hard was it for you to get me on your podcast? Was not hard at all. <laughs> okay. Who, who asked to be on your podcast. You asked me or I said, Hey, I'll be on your podcast. Which way was it? How much you said, yeah, I you said, said it first. Exactly. Yeah. I did because, yeah. because we already had a connection. So we were DMing about the, the podcast name yeah. and bouncing around mm -hmm. ideas and stuff. And we spent a few days bouncing stuff around. <laughs> and, and then I said, Hey, I'd love to be on your podcast yeah. because I already had a connection with you, a human to human connection. The sale was so easy for you that you didn't even have to instigate it. That's because uh, that we've already made yeah. this connection. Yeah. Now, even if we hadn't, 
you could have asked me and, and the sale still would have been easy. I would have been like, sure, I would love to, because I already had a human to human relationship connection with you. Now you reaching out, how hard is it going to be for you to get Richard Branson on your podcast? Oh yeah. Pretty tough, Mike. Pretty, pretty tough. tough because you have no <laughs> connection with him. No. So getting that person to buy from you and what they're buying is, or what they're giving is their time. So you're asking for something from them, not money as a client, but time of theirs that's valuable to yeah. them. It's going to be tough because there's no connection there. Uh, so that I think I'm just trying to emphasize the, through this example, that the same goes for you and your clients, man, if they connect with you as a human and they trust you and they like you, then when you go in for the ask, it's not scary, awkward, or, and, and you win yeah. because they've already decided I will buy from Danielle. I know, I, I know her, I'm buying from her. Tell me the price. Yeah. And, so, but if you don't have that connection, then they're making their buying decision based on other variables. They're making it based on quality of work. They're making it based on your price, yeah, which is, which we had. don't want. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. We don't want them to make their decision based on price. People will pay more to buy from Danielle because Danielle is their friend, than pay less to go work with somebody they don't even know. Yeah. So it'll, it, it just empowers everything in business. You get to the yeses. And you get to charge more to your clients because you have that human to human connection. Mm. And I just can't emphasize it enough in enough different ways <laughs> to try and prod people to, to do it. I think, no, I think it's, I think it's super important. And again, it wasn't until, because I was, I was guilty of sending emails. I was guilty of not wanting to, make phone calls and yeah. it's because it just comes down to fear yeah and not being not being completely sure of yourself because you're you're worried about maybe saying something that's wrong or the client asking you a question on the phone yeah. and you're like uh because you don't know yeah. the answer yeah. You, know, you can you can run away from all those things in an email because yeah. you've got time to think and research and mm -hmm. get back to them. But you don't get you can't retone a voice in an email. Gosh, I've learned that the hard way. Yeah, you you can't you can't really ask a person how they are and you know how their weekend was. Yeah. And, and and just that general sort of chit chat that tends to happen when you do call a client, um, those things are super important because like you say, you're building relationships and you can't build a relationship through an email. And, no. and also what I've learned is that by having a good relationship, when things don't necessarily go to plan, clients are a lot more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? forgiving uh, yes yeah that, that's, that's it a, yeah <laughs> you know, yeah if you've got a good relationship with someone and they trust you and they like you and and they know that you're a good person that's honest yeah. and that really tries to do a good job but yeah you know we all know things happen 
that sometimes are outside of our control um mm-hmm. if you've got a good relationship with that person they're going to be a lot more forgiving and it's going to make the whole process so much easier to deal yeah. with yeah um i've i've fairly recently had i mean you'll you'll know a bit about this mike because um i reached out to you but you know i had a project land that didn't really go to plan and i didn't have a very good relationship with the client i didn't really know them um and there was things that i did that weren't quite right that i didn't outline at the start and and anyway cut a long story short um I'm not working with them anymore, um, which is probably f- for the best for both parties. Mm-hmm. But if I'd have, if I'd have known them, and if I'd have built a relationship with them, you know, I'd, that I can, I know that project would have gone a different way. I think the fact that they weren't someone that, that I really connected with, and that they didn't really connect with me, I think that was definitely a factor in the way the the project panned out yeah um so yeah totally agree with you in terms of building relationships and building connections with people it's super important and not something that should be overlooked yeah um so one of my other questions really was about you know we talked about showing up and presenting ourselves what are your thoughts on how you do that consistently to your audience um I was for example quite reluctant to go on video mm-hmm. um I was very nervous I really didn't, yeah. <laughs> didn't I want still to... get nervous I still get nervous <laughs> and I've been on so much really? video oh yeah no yeah. I'm really surprised by that yeah wow. no I still I'm like oh is this dumb As, <laughs> on my stories I when I when I record like in my studio and stuff, I'm I'm a lot more confident when I set it up and and do it that way. But when I just jump on my stories to say, hey, check this out, I just did this or I just got this or whatever, and I'm just trying to give people an insight into my life, I I have that second guessing. Is that people think this stupid? Am I do I come across dumb? Is this this isn't any good? Why would anybody right. like this? Yeah, no, I still get it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and again, this is why transparency is so important, isn't it? Yeah. Because I'm I'm surprised that you said that because to me you're you come across as just so confident and relaxed yeah. in your stories. Yeah. And and for me, in my head, I I'm nervous and I think, well, I see Mike's stuff and yeah. He's he's got it all figured out, which is exactly <laughs> yeah. what we were talking about. Earlier. Yeah, it is. It's not it's not always the case. Mm. Yeah. No, there I got to muster up the courage to do it. If you look at my I mean I haven't posted a story of myself talking in there. It's been several days. Mm. Several days since I have posted something cuz a lot of times I'm like, oh, should I even post this? Is it is anybody even going to like it? I got this little puppy and stuff and the leaves are changing. I mean, yeah. I, got, I got things I could share with people. I just got a new bobblehead that I could share that it's like that kind of stuff. And um, share it. Share I know it. I need to share it. Exactly. <laughs> right. Because people yeah. will connect with me yeah. when I do. Yeah. And I've just, I don't know. It's just, I get to muster up the guts mm. to do well, it again. That so. was one of the things we talked about initially on the call when you asked me about the weather and I was telling you about the leaves and the colors yeah. and how gorgeous yeah. I look. 
Yeah. Like, if you shared that now, I'd be like, yes. Well, if you shared that, well, let me see that tree. You were looking out at the tree in a nice sunny day. And I'm looking right now at your back wall of your office. So, so there's that it's, it's like share that stuff. Now, now here's the problem is that we don't think it's interesting Mm. because we, for us, it's just day-to-day life. Big deal. This isn't interesting for other people. It's voyeuristic. It touches on that, the voyeur inside of all of us that want to see a little behind the scenes. I, I, Tom and I talked about this in our podcast once or BizBuds podcast. And I talked about somebody who was in Africa who follows me and um, was asking about sharing stuff. And finally he mustered up the courage to share a video and his stories and stuff. And he might've tagged me or something. I don't remember because I was like trying to help him get over that fear. And when he shared it, I could see the inside of his house. I could see that there was like some chicken walking on the dirt road outside the front of his house and stuff. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is so interesting. Go. I in my mind, I wanted him to go walk down the street (laughs) and show me where he lives and the reality of the way his life is. So I can mentally compare it to how my life is and just see the diversity in the world. And no, he didn't because in his mind, nobody wants to see that. That's not interesting. That's boring. That's just my life. I'm walking down the street, but man, for me who will live a different type of life in a different country, it was super interesting. And that's the beauty of social media is that the way that Danielle lives versus the way that he lives in Africa versus the way that so many people who I am connected with are in India versus the way that my life is in the United States versus Canada versus South America is so different, so different. There's so much diversity that, that is interesting to people when you share it, but we tend to think this is dumb and boring because for us, it's just daily life, but for other people, it's fascinating. Yeah. It's interesting because I, I can't remember who I was talking to or, or or what it was related to, but someone said that, you know, when you find something out that's new, you find some new information, you've discovered something, you've learned something yeah. and you're really excited about it. When you initially find that information out, you want to tell it to everybody, you're telling yeah. everyone about it, you're talking about it all the time. But then over time, you stop doing that because it becomes old to you, it becomes boring, and you don't yeah. think that people are going to be interested in it anymore because you've been talking about it so much. And so you stop sharing this new yeah. information, this new thing. Yeah. When in fact, there's going to be so many people that don't know this new thing that you found yeah. Yeah. that we should just keep sharing, but we don't because we yeah. get like you said yeah Yeah. and we think people don't care and people aren't interested and I think that kind of answers the question doesn't it about how we show up consistently to our audience yeah it's just by just by sharing and showing what we what we do yeah the stuff that we think's mundane the the stuff the day-to-day stuff that we do um And obviously you can pick and choose what you want to share because, you know, some people obviously don't want to share too much of yeah. themselves. Yeah, there's privacy yeah. 
concerns for sure. Yeah, yeah, which is fine. Um, mm-hmm. But but let's yeah. take this and apply it to to work. Um, a client who follows you somewhere, and they see you posting the sketches you're doing hand drawn sketches of a new logo project that you're that you're doing one of my one of my best mates on instagram james martin yeah, does this james, so well yeah, he does it so awesome. well so well he's posting the sketches and the concepts and things and and teasing the new logo thing that he's mm-hmm. going to show off tomorrow and stuff he teases stuff in his stories and then his posts have all of his stuff and he's supremely talented i mean just insanely talented but he does such a good job of this behind the scenes marketing that if you were his client you'd be looking at it saying man i love he's just got it's concept work he's doing concept work he's doing idea ideation sketches he's you get to see the process that he uses to get to the end result and there that um Show, him showing that builds trust in the eyes of future potential clients that are looking at it saying, man, the guy, he's super nice. And man, I love his process. And he's not sharing, you know, his wife no. on vacation and stuff, or I don't think he has any kids, but his, his kids uh, on his stories and I stuff. He's got he, a, he's, I think I've, I think he's got a dog. He does. Yeah. He's dark. It's, but yeah, we, but you there's, know, a, there's a, there's a level of privacy, yeah, but sure. not when it comes to the work. I know what his studio looks like. I know what his work style looks like. I know what his process looks like. And, and he does such a good job. So for your business, you know, take your business and just showing the behind the scenes of your sketching. Hey, got new sketches for this, got a new wireframe for that or whatever you're, you're showing, show the little glimpse for any other business, you know, the, the barber show the, you know, turning on the lights when nobody's in the barber shop and they walk in and it's all dark and nobody sees it like that, except for the barber who owns the store and turns on the lights every day. Nobody sees where do they put all the hair? You know, they, they yeah. sweep up all the hair. <laughs> where do they put it in a bag and then they throw it in the dumpster behind the thing? Where's all the hair from the whole day of stuff? <laughs> yeah. Like there's interesting things that mm. to the barber is not interesting. To me, I don't know what that yeah. what what they do. Do they sharpen their scissors every no, day? Like what's the that. deal? Do they yeah. sharpen their scissors mm. like with like a uh is there a tool or something? Or is there like a machine that they use to sharpen them, or do they just use them up and then throw them away. I don't know. I don't know, Yeah. but I'd like to know. So there's so many things like that, that are these behind the scenes pieces of our business that we can share with other people that to us, it's not interesting to potential clients or customers of your business. It's fascinating. And you can build your brand by showing it. And you mm. can build a relationship with your customers by you talking about it yeah. and showing people how that piece of your business works. Mm. What do you think? What do you think the the impact that has on on a brand when people don't do that? The the businesses that do it win. Mm. In, in today's day and age, I think it's so important that if you're trying to decide between two businesses, the barber shop 
on this block versus the barbershop two blocks away. Yeah. Which one are you going to choose? You're going to choose the one that you trust. And how do you trust them? Because of the relationship that you have with someone there. Yeah. For, for a service-based business. Again, I keep going back to service-based business because it's not always the same when you're just selling whatever. Some yeah. things are, it's a price decision. Some things it's a feature decision, but, but a service-based business when, yeah, you can get a good haircut here and you can get a good haircut there. Why are you going to choose one over the other? You're going to choose the one where you connect with the most. And so if the one barber is doing a great job of building a relationship with his potential customers and the other barber is emailing people afraid to <laughs> to be on camera mm. who are you choosing you're choosing the one that you have the connection with yeah. almost every time I, I, I would want to say it's every time but then somebody listening to this will say no it isn't every time <laughs> I just chose a barber because they didn't get on camera and I'm like all right there's the anomaly but the truth is is that most of us want to buy from somebody that we trust on a service thing so true it's so true it's so true it's just made me think of my hairdresser so i live um i live in derbyshire now but before that i lived in birmingham Uh um so um for those that are familiar that means i'm a brummie um and (laughs) (laughs) and there's a particular hairdresser that I've been going to, which is in Birmingham. And I still go there, even though it's it's about 40, 40 minute drive wow. to this hairdresser. And we were having a, a talk recently because I went to get my hair done because I was going to a wedding. Uh-huh. And um, we were talking, um, I'll, I'll tell you what we were talking about. We were talking about finding gray hairs <laughs> uh yeah i'm growing out a beard right now and i got a lot of gray hairs in this one and yeah. we were talking talking about finding gray hairs because she found one and i said i said don't worry about it like it's not the first time you found a gray hair you found a gray hair the day before my 29th birthday because i was uh, getting my hair done for, for my birthday yeah. and she went so how long you've been coming here? Because I'm 33 now. Yeah. I was like, yeah. She's like, you, you've been coming here for a while now. I was like, yeah, because I trust, I like her and yeah. I trust her. There's yeah. lots of other hairdressers that I could go to. Totally. But I'm, it's not going to happen because I've built this relationship with her yep. now. We get on, you know, I have a cup of tea. Yeah, it's it's and it's I have a good time when I go there. It's not just about me getting my hair done. It's for chit chat and, yep. you know, just just seeing her again. And it's totally the relationship that I've got with her. It's so, yeah. so important. Yeah. OK, let me ask you a couple of questions about mm. this. So in between where you are now and the 40 minute drive away how many other potential hairdressers do you think there are to choose wow. from i mean god knows a hundred a hundred maybe in, I mean, because we're talking a diameter yeah of you know, of of space so let's just say let's say let's just say there's 50 
there's 50 other options between that are closer that are 39 minutes or closer Mm -hmm. than, than her, Mm. but you keep driving the 40 minutes. Why? Because I know that when she's done, I'm going to love how my hair looks. Okay. Do you think that anybody else would make your hair look good too? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So why do you keep going back to her? Um, cause, cause I'm, I'm very particular with who, who does my hair and I trust okay. her. Okay. Trust. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. trust her. Yeah. You like her. Yeah. You trust her and you like her. You already yeah. said that. Okay. Now, if she increased her prices by 10% and, and sent out a message and said, Hey, sorry, we, you know, COVID blah, blah, blah. We're got to increase our prices by 10%. Are you still going to go there? Yeah. If she increased her prices by 25%, are you still going to go there? 25%. 25%. I probably, in all honesty, I'd probably look around and think, should I find someone else? But then when push comes to shove, I'd still just go because it's okay. easier. You probably would. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so 25, so she has a 25% available markup. Yeah. Don't tell her. <laughs> I know. Don't, hopefully she doesn't listen to this, <laughs> but if she cares about her customer, she's not going to just up all no, her prices no. by 25%. Yeah. <laughs> but what I'm trying to highlight is that you will drive farther and pay more to the person you use now because of the relationship that you have with that person. And, you know, to, to echo this back to branding, that's because of the brand to brand, the branded connection that you have with that, that human, uh, you'll pay more and drive farther for her. Yeah. And man, isn't that what we all want from our clients? We want them to pay us more and, you know, the, the driving farther, they don't have to drive, but would you rather have them, they'll, they'll wait a month to use you because you're busy rather than find somebody who can do it tomorrow. That's, that's available. Yeah. We would want them to wait for us to get on our schedule and wait until we're available and things. So you get this flexibility on pricing and timing from clients who you have a relationship with, a connection with. And I think it's at, that's at the heart of branding. I mean, we, we started the podcast talking about that, but that's the brand connection that we're all looking for. That, that's the whole point of branding is to make this true fan connection with our customers and our business. And usually it has so much to do with the people inside of it and you've just answered one of the last questions I was going to ask you which was what does branding mean to you and you've you've just answered it yeah it's about this connection yeah it is I think that's that's at the heart of it I mean it's the connection and you know people talk about the kind of textbook it's the the feeling that somebody has about your business, you know, that's the textbook answer, yeah, but just, what does that feeling yeah. result in? What's the result of that feeling? It's loyalty. It's mm. a connection. It's a fanship 
that you have with yeah. something that you that's what you want to that's what you want to wear that's who you want to buy from yeah. that's what you want to be associated with it's that that connection it is and it's the yeah. reason that i will buy night trainers over and over again yeah i've tried other brands and regretted it <laughs> yeah yep um so yeah um I've got a bit of a a fun question to ask you. Um, All right. Um, I I mean I love listening to music. So, what music are you listening to at the moment? Um. Okay. So, I I listen to a lot of different kinds of music. Yeah, quite eclectic. And, yeah, very eclectic. Um, like my favorite song of all time is the eighteen twelve overture classical favorite song of all time and and it's because i had a, a connection with that song when i was a little kid uh, my parents took us to this outdoor orchestra thing when we went camping one time and at the end of that song it just builds and builds and builds and it and then it's these cannons go off and in the song there's like these drums but at the end of this song, they're shooting off actual cannons and shooting fireworks into what, the air cannons? and stuff in this. Yeah, but not cannonballs. They're just shooting the <laughs> shooting the explosion out just of the in. cannon, whatever. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, it's uh, so I had this connection with that song. So that's my my favorite song of all time. But man, I'm an 80s. I grew up in the 80s. I'm hair metal, Van Halen, Led Zeppelin. Oh, I love a bit those. of Led Zeppelin all of that. Yeah. I love all that stuff. So a lot of classic rock stuff. When I work, I always listen to movie soundtracks. That's what I'm streaming. I can't, I can't have words on when I'm working, but I always have music playing, but when I have, cause I do a lot of writing while I'm working and when I have words, I can't think as clearly, but, um, so, you know, if you looked at my iTunes, I guess I don't even call it that anymore, but my Apple music, <laughs> yeah. my most played songs are probably like, like 500 Hans Zimmer songs. And then there's like a bunch of hair metal and, and things. Oh, but awesome. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> no, but man, I, I listen to, I listen to everything. Yeah. Disco, yeah. heavy metal, classic rock, oldies, you know, folk James Taylor kinds of stuff. I I just listen. I listen to all it, all, all of it. That's awesome. Reggae. I mean, I go. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. What about you? What do you listen to? Um, I listen to at the moment. I'm listening to um, a bit of Christine and the Queens. Um, Christine and the Queens. Yeah, it's um, she's French. And her, I saw her on a, a TV show called Late with Jules. Okay. Um, uh, some time ago. Um, it's, it's a British show. It's very popular around New Year. Jules is Hootenanny. Anyway. And she was, um, she was doing a dance routine with a couple of other dancers. And the way she dances really reminded me of Michael Jackson. Oh. But it almost like she kind of reinvented it. And then she was singing in English and French. And I just loved it. Absolutely loved it. Um, yeah. So yeah, Christine and the Queens. I love a bit of um, disco. So like Shaka Khan, 
Um, uh-huh. That's my mum's influence. Um, also, so just fun. pretty, pretty mixed as well because I like a bit of rock. I love Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, um, I get into some rap and stuff too. Yeah. I, I love, yeah, yeah. I, I love all that. Awesome, yeah. awesome. Oldies, well, oldie rap, like I like Sugar Hill Gang and stuff, like the original proper hip hop break like dance it. rap that came out of the disco era. Mm. I listened to some of that stuff too. I, oh, I'm a big, I'm a music. That's cool, man. Music lover. You'll um, I say you're on Apple, not Spotify. I'm on Spotify. Yeah. I was going to share. Um, I've got an ultimate playlist with oh, my yeah. top. I think I limited it to 14 tracks. My top yeah. 14 tracks. Send it to me. I have a yeah. I have a Spotify account. I just okay. don't pay the I pay my Apple subscription, yeah. but I don't pay Spotify. Okay. But I'll still be able to see your my ultimate. Your, yes, your ultimate yeah. playlist. Yeah, cool. And then you share you share some of your okay I will. with me. No, okay. I'm, I'm really interested to listen. I love I love finding new music. So oh I do too. I do too. Okay, so here's this is our new connection because I love finding new music. So when you find some great new artist, yeah, send me a DM and be okay. like, oh, I just found you got to listen to this person. Awesome. Yeah. I will. Yeah. I'm always, I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I go down the rabbit hole of mm-hmm. one artist. And then it's like, here's other artists like that person. And I click, click, yeah. click, listen, give them 20 seconds to sell me on their, <laughs> on their music before I fail. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Um before we go, um just one last thing, Mike. Um I would love to know if if you were listening to a podcast, what two or three people would you like to hear me potentially interview? Oh, that's good questions. Well, I always go back to my my core people. I mentioned James yeah. Martin, who I love, yeah. and I, you know, any podcast that I've ever on that they ask that question, I'm like, oh, you got to have James on. He's just yeah. so great. He's yeah. he's great. Um, Tom is great. I'm sure you probably already reached out to Tom. Yeah. Maybe, but yeah. I mean, Tom. <laughs> yeah. Tom's great. I've spent so many hours talking yeah. with Tom. Um, those would be my my yeah. first two okay. that I probably say oh you get they're just they're gonna have good things to say and they're gonna be interesting yeah um so those are are too high on my list for sure awesome yeah thank you yeah thank you hey so yeah so when you launch this thing yeah um tag me up and i'll be be sure to share and all that no for sure i'm i'm trying my best to it's people seem to be really busy at the moment um, yeah i'm deferring everything if i don't have a relationship with them oh okay so like everybody who's reaching out cold to me i'm like i'm booked up until the end of the year and i'll I'll schedule starting in january again um but the danielles of my life (laughs) i fit in even though i don't have time right now Uh, but I i fit them in Thank you, yeah. Mike. I yeah. really, really appreciate that. Honestly, so much. I I genuinely spun round in my chair when you said yes. Uh, I, <laughs> this very chair. That's good. <laughs> no, I, well, I would have been sad if you didn't invite me, so I invited myself. <laughs> That's the way that it is. Love it. Well, I will yeah. let you know um, when, yeah, I mean, I'm, my aim is to be live next month. Okay. Um. 
sort of mid-November. Um, that might change. It might have so to be fun. the beginning of December. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll definitely let you know and and yeah, can okay. share and tell the world. I will. Yeah. Are you going to share just on the podcast? Or are you going to put on YouTube and stuff too? Or what is your plan? Well, I, I'll be honest with you. A couple of people have mentioned YouTube to me and yeah. I said, oh, I don't know if I'm ready to be on YouTube. <laughs> Would you mind? Because I recorded on my yeah. side, I could post on my YouTube yeah. and then link to your podcast and shout out your podcast and stuff from there. That that would be um, incredible. If you're okay with that, that would be yeah. amazing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll do that because I'm always looking for content too, and I yeah. and I do so many of these things, and I don't want to repurpose stuff that other people are going to be using somewhere yeah. else, but yeah. on on YouTube, and then I have the same yeah. YouTube version. No, you feel but free. I would, yeah. Um, we had some good conversation. I think it's important stuff for mm. people to get out and I'll tag you up. So I'll wait until yours goes live so that yeah. you get first dibs on stuff. But then maybe a few weeks after that, I'll post it. Into yeah. 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 Perfect. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. Super right, fun. We'll yes. see you. Bye. Bye. Okay. Take Cheerio. Care. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Build Better Brands. I am so grateful to have you tuning into the show and I'd love to thank you personally. So wherever you are in the world, remember to tag at Danielle Clark Creative in your social media posts and stories. Let us know when you're listening. You want to know what you've enjoyed about the show and give you a show tone. And if you would like to help more people like you discover the show, please subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. It's going to help us rank higher and reach more listeners. It's also a great way for us to help you with the problems your brand might be facing. Suggest a topic in your review and we might feature it and you in one of our episodes. Thanks again for listening. See you next time.